Product Stacks is brought to you by Storyblock, one of the world's fastest growing headless CMSs. A headless CMS like Storyblock separates the back end from the front end. By moving to an API based CMS like Storyblock, you can publish your content to any front end, whether that's your marketing website or directly inside your product. Developers love Storyblock because they can use it with any front end framework they prefer and create components that can be reused anywhere as content blocks, cutting development time in half. Content teams are excited about the discussions feature built directly into Storyblock's visual editor. No more Slack or email threads to discuss content changes. Join 86,000 developers plus companies like Harvard Business School, Adidas, Netflix, Oatly, and Pizza Hut who all use Storyblock by trying a free demo at storyblock.com slash department of product. Go to storyblock.com slash department of product. That's Storyblock with a K at the end slash department of product. Joining us on Product Stacks today is Suji Kim, and Suji is a growth product manager at LinkedIn. So thanks very much, Suji, for joining us. And I know that you've prepared a bit of a deep dive into the tools that you use every day. So we're really looking forward to, to getting to, to know what's in your product stack and how you do product uh, personally at LinkedIn. So welcome, Suji, and thanks very much for, for taking part. And before, before we delve in, do you want to give us a little bit of a background as to, as to who you are? Sounds good. Okay. Uh, and again, thanks for having me, Richard. Uh, my name is Suji. Uh, as Richard mentioned, I am currently a growth PM at LinkedIn. I joined LinkedIn in January, so it's still early and still new, but I'm learning about my different product management tools at LinkedIn on a daily basis. So I thought it might be interesting for aspiring PMs or already uh, PMs to share some of the tools that I use on a daily basis to get my work done. So I will share a little bit about my background uh, and talk about my journey in product management before sharing some of the tools that I use. Yeah. Uh, so I actually got my first product management job after I graduated from MBA and the job was at Amazon. And I worked at two different teams at Amazon across the retail team and also last mile delivery team. And given that it was really my first PM job, it really taught me about different product management tools, like what are PMs used for design, right? Collaboration or communication. It, that was the first job really like taught me about it. And moreover, what I also learned is I can really use these tools uh, to express my thought, form the strategy, and bring all the cross-functional teams together. So that was also a learning for me. And then in the middle of uh, uh, when I was working at Amazon, the COVID actually hit. And I think it changed a lot of things for a lot of people, including myself, uh, right? And uh, the way that we work was also uh, not an exception. Uh, and this is when Zoom and Slack became, I think, everyone's best friends. And yeah. I love like physical whiteboarding. I don't know about you, Richard, if you love doing like whiteboarding with like engineering team, right? Brainstorming ideas yeah. as well. I'm right. exactly the same. Absolutely. Was always just one of those people who would lock myself in a room for like two hours in the afternoon with exactly. the team and be like, let's thrash out this problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Everything is done. Yeah. I, I really miss that. But I think with pandemic and everything else, like we, we kind of like stopped having those physical whiteboarding sessions and moments. And actually, even when Zoom became like super popular and became a household name in the early pandemic days, I actually didn't use Zoom at Amazon. I don't know if they changed, but at least when I was there, 
Amazon had its own video conferencing tool called Amazon Chime. So yeah, I, yeah, I actually didn't have to use like Zoom at all. How um, was that? Was that was it? Did it work very well? Was it uh, resilient? Like you know, Zoom did really well in the pandemic because I guess it was one of the most. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I was not a big fan of the other Amazon conferencing tool. Okay. It had a very limited functionality. I think it was also fine. I think it was fine because before pandemic, right, maybe all we needed is just a very simple uh, conferencing tool, right, that you can just join the call and talk uh, with a bunch of folks. But I think with pandemic, we needed much more than that, just not just the video conferencing tool, maybe additional functionality like messaging and also an option to host multiple people. Like imagine you're having like all hands at Amazon with like a video conferencing tool, right? It, it has to be like, uh, be able to handle those kind of traffic and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it was not bad, but I don't think it was that the best tool, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in the middle of pandemic, I also changed the company. So I actually left Amazon and then I joined LinkedIn. And I joined LinkedIn as a fully remote employee. So I actually don't need to go to, uh, go to the office, also, uh, although I live in Seattle and there's a small office uh, that LinkedIn has. So I'm fully remote. And I guess I also moved to a different company, right? And then I got to know a whole set of different uh, product management tools. Like what I used at Amazon some of it were not even an option for LinkedIn. Also, I'm a growth PM in the international team at LinkedIn. So our team is truly international. What I mean by that is I literally, my coworkers are located like across the globe. So I work day to day uh, with my coworkers in Brazil, uh, like France, Germany, India. And how have you found the transition into a fully remote role? I know it was an initial shock for everyone when we transitioned in the pandemic, but would you say that it's something that you prefer versus being in the office? What, how do you feel about remote work? My, uh, my journey was, yeah, in the, I actually liked going into the office, I think before the right. pandemic, I mean, we didn't even think about like, what is remote, right? Everyone's going in the office. That was a norm. Yeah. Uh, so when the COVID actually hit, uh, it was a little bit hard for me to like even adjust. I will be honest with you. I didn't even have a desk at home because no, I no. get my work done right in the <laughs> office and I come back. Yeah. So even from those like furniture setup, uh, like I had a lot of things to adjust like mentally, physically and stuff like that. But I think uh, two or three months maybe later, uh, it, it, it was just fine for me. And right now I believe I'm like fully adjusted to be like a remote employee. So I actually want to now share some of the PM tools that I use along with some tips that I have. And before we get started with some of the details, I want to share a quick takeaway so we know uh, what to expect. So overall for PM tools, I think it's important for us to really think about why are we even using these tools? And I think Fundamentally, we use these tools to work more efficiently, to get the work done in the short amount of time. But I don't think the PM tools, it's it's a magic one. What I mean by that is, uh, I don't think PM tools can really make a bad, bad PM to be the best PM. It just allows you to do more efficiently, but it, it's not a magic tool 
and you expect everything will be just perfect, right? It's about how you use it and how you manage it. I also think you often get don't get to choose the, uh, your own tools, right? As I mentioned at Amazon, I didn't even have an option for Zoom because Amazon had its own uh, video conferencing tool. Uh, so a lot of times, like it depends, I think, highly on the company that you work you work in, right? Whether the company has license for these type of tools or not. Also, uh, tools will and I think can change as well. And that's what, also what I learned when I joined uh, LinkedIn, right? Because the tools that I used at Amazon were not available. There were actually alternatives. So I learned about like how to use the alternatives. But yeah. I think that's a really good point you make about the fact that you don't get to choose your own tools. So this series that we're doing is all about, you know, the tools that PMs at real companies use in their real day-to-day -day world. But as you say, that isn't necessarily a reflection on their personal choice of tool for getting the job done. It's more right, about, yeah. you know, which which companies have managed to get buy-in from the CTO or the CPO. Yeah, and, yeah. And to sell exactly. Their... <laughs> I agree. 100%. Yes. Yeah. So now I will share some of the tools that I use at LinkedIn. So the first tool is an Outlook. Uh, so for Outlook, I use for two use cases mainly. So the one use case is email. And I think it also very highly depends on the company, org, and the team. But at least in my team at LinkedIn, we use Outlook mainly for, let's say, formal or official communication. So what I mean by that is, let's say I have uh, a question to my engineering manager about a bug that I found, right? Hey, when do you think it will be fixed? I would not use email. I would rather use like a uh, instant messaging tool to ask him the question or her the question. Uh, so I use maybe more for like official communication. Let's say uh, if I need to communicate something to our leadership team, right? Or my manager about something, I would like to use uh, email. And I also use Outlook for calendar. And I think yeah. when we have so many things to work on, managing the calendar is super important and at least at linkedin like we use yeah outlook for both email and calendar purposes awesome and you yeah. also mentioned that you use this for managing your time and blocking out focus time so mm -hmm. have you got any any kind of tips that you can share on how you might do that as well because i know that a lot of people like to just kind of do like deep work blocks where they block out time that's not available for meetings where you can just focus on a specific task is that yeah so yeah, I, I do. So I do love to block some uh, time out because, yeah, otherwise it's really hard for me to get the work done. Even when I'm working remotely, even when I don't have, right, coworkers just popping by my desk and ask questions, right? I don't have any of that, but still, like, I have a lot of distraction and messages, right? So for calendar, uh, I block at least three two-hour blocks per week uh, for undisturbed product thinking. So it's literally my focus time. Also, at the end of the day, I look at calendar for the next day. And what I do is I really look at each uh, meeting quickly. And then what I like to do is when I don't think that I'm really needed for the meeting, I uh, try to rem remove myself by just declining meeting or just asking the meeting organizer, is it okay if I don't join this meeting? Because maybe I can give you an answer, right? Uh, via email or, or, yeah. or any other tools. Also, I would like to uh, avoid back-to-back -back meetings. It's, it's actually something hard and I'm still working on it, but I think swinging from like one meeting to another without a break creates just mental strain. And I think it reduces your efficiency. 
So yeah. I like to have like at least like five or 15 minute uh, break and buffer between meetings. I think that's helpful. Uh, lastly, some meetings, I think they're booked without a clear outcome, right? When you look at it, you don't know what this person is trying to do with you. So to make sure that I don't waste their time and my time, I ask people to add like clear outcome. Hey, what are we trying to get out of here? Right? Why am I needed? I, that, that also saves like precious time of your week. Yeah, I think they're, they're all brilliant, uh, brilliant tips. Definitely. Yeah. So the next tool is uh, Google Workspace. So we do use Google Workspace and LinkedIn. Uh, and yeah, we use Google Docs, Sheets, Slides. I actually didn't have any of these at Amazon. So it was something new for Google Docs. I use it for writing product requirement documents, write a quick one-page doc, right? Something that I can collaborate with my cross-functional teams on new project idea, getting feedback, adding comments. It's just easy doc sharing option, uh, I, I think. Also, I use it for taking notes for myself as well. I know a lot of people maybe use like different tools like Notion or, or what else, like Evernote. I just use Google Doc for simplicity. Yeah, It just works for me. It's nice that you have that flexibility and that choice. Um, yeah, I, I do think yeah. so. I think, it, I think it's a choice that the company is giving to an employee. Like that's how I, I would like to think about it because some coworkers like do use like Microsoft 365. Like they mm. like to use just like, you know, uh, Word, let's say. Yeah. So I do see some coworkers having that flexibility as well. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And the next tool is Google Sheet and usually use it when I have a new, let's say project idea. I want to really get to know about the opportunity size, right? If you do this, like what is the outcome? What is the return on investment ROI? And also after we, let's say, I, I told you about the A-B testing and experiments that we do. We do that a lot. And when we want to like analyze an impact, sometimes we use it just to, uh, you know, get, get the data. And for lastly, Google Slides, I use it when I want to visualize my idea, usually use it for a presentation for a wider audience. And when I work on project with a lot of like visuals, I also tend to use uh, Google Slides. Awesome. And, and just on the point around Google Sheets, we've had some PMs who've said that they think that SQL is like a fundamental part of the role and other people who are not so keen on SQL. So in LinkedIn, or at least in your experience, is our PMs expected to be able to not just analyze the data in something like Excel or in Google Sheets, but also to extract that using SQL? Or is that not something that's expected? Uh, that's a great question. I think it's not expected. Yeah. But it just makes your life so much easier if you are able to do it. Yeah. Um, so we do use, we do have tools for like SQL. And also we have our like own dashboard and like a chart tool, but it's all internal tool. I don't think we are using like a third party software. Right. So okay. we do have our own tool and it just makes it so much for us to just analyze the impact. But yeah, to answer your question, I don't think it's mandatory for PMs like to know how to run SQL. I do work a lot with our data science partners. Yeah. They're expert in that. But sometimes, right, you just want like a gut check, right? You don't want to bother someone and you just want to quickly know, hey, how is this going? Yeah. It just It's, yeah, it's exactly. just useful. Yeah. The next tool is, I would maybe just quickly cover this. Everyone knows what these tools are, I think. Uh, Zoom and Microsoft Teams. Also, there's a flexibility. These tools are for video conferencing. And again, it really depends on 
the person that I'm talking to, some folks really just love to use Teams or video conferencing and, and they do that that way. I usually mainly use Zoom because that's what I'm used to right now. Yeah. And have you got any, have you got any tips on Zoom? Are there any kind of quirky things that you do or unique things that you do on Zoom or are on Teams that you might be worth sharing? Any plugins that you use, anything that's different? I, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of like plugins for Zoom. I just love to keep my video conferences just like simple, but I do have like, you know, reminder when there's a meeting, right? It just tells me like 20 minutes, 30 minutes before that there's, there's a meeting popping up. So I don't actually miss it, even though I'm working remotely, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have a coworker reminding me, hey, it's time <laughs> to go to this meeting. Let's go together. Right? I don't have any <laughs> of that now. So it's yeah. just helpful to have those like quick reminders. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Ooh. Yeah. And the next tool is maybe my favorite tool, uh, Slack for messaging. So Slack is a messaging app for work. And as I work remotely, all of my conversation happen on either Slack or Zoom. And I start my day literally by just catching up on messages in the morning. So it's really, really important. And because you work with global teams, do you find that you you have a constant stream of Slack messages? Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. I do. Because when I finish my day, right, 5 or 6 p.m. like here Pacific time, and then a few hours later, India team starts working, right? And then the Europe team starts working. So yeah. there's like a couple of things that I do and I would like love to share some of the tips. But yeah, one tip is obviously like I I think it's snooze, like your your uh like a you know reminders or messages, right? So yeah. you don't get like disturbed by all these messages like 24-7 because literally you're right. Like even when I'm in bed, I can get like messages from coworkers located in like a different time zone. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've always found <sighs> Personally, I've always found Slack to be quite anxiety-inducing because there is just mm. this constant stream. I know at the start you were talking about, you know, some some communication is better done over email and some is best done over instant messenger. So I, I do, you know, I, I do, I think that resolving problems over Slack is much more efficient often because it doesn't, it means you don't have to, it means you get rid of meetings. But then what I think for me, where it becomes uh, quite anxiety-inducing is when somebody is expecting a response immediately and like, as soon as you get that ping, I'm like, oh, quick, I have to quickly respond. So I don't know how, how does, how does your interaction with Slack get balanced with your, let's say your, your calendar management, where you block out times where you're unavailable. Does that mean that in that block of time, you wouldn't answer a Slack message, for example, or would you constantly answer them whilst you're at work? Yeah. So whenever I have that like focus time, I also snooze my, my uh, uh, Slack. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like, because it's calendar is integrated. And uh, what I also do is I, you know, we can like put a status message uh, on Slack, right? I just literally just tell them, Hey, I'm in focus time. So my response may be delayed. So it's just helpful, right? Because maybe someone is really looking for an answer for me, something urgent, but if I'm a, if I'm in a focus time, it's just like etiquette, I think, for coworkers working with you as well. So I will share. So actually I know there's like tons of videos and like YouTube videos about like Slack hacks and tips, but I use maybe like five things uh, that really helps me for like productivity. So I'll quickly share those. So the first one is really just setting reminders. You know, it's, it's basic, but it's just so helpful. 
So you just like say like slash remind, and then you can just type like what you want yourself or other people like to be reminded about. It's just helpful. And you can use it for like personal purposes, right? If you want to drink water or clean the house, like you just want to remind yourself about it. Also, if you want to remind your coworker to do something right on a maybe weekly basis, you can also set reminder using by using Slackbot. Also like oh, my best friend Slackbot. So yeah. you can remind someone else to do something. Yeah, you can do oh. like slash remind at the person's like alias or the name and then and then set it setting up this reminders. That's cool. I bet they love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other one is so this view is my personal like a uh, Slack view, but you know when we work, I have like so many channels and like messages. It's just so hard for me to like maybe sometimes read the conversations and Sometimes let's say I have a, a Slack thread, right? Slack channel for my project and they got like 50 people. But if I'm talking to someone else about that project and I want to quickly reference something that was discussed in that group Slack thread, Slack channel, what I do is I just open the conversation in a split view and you can do this by uh, clicking, I have windows. So you, you click control and then you can also like just click the Slack uh, thread or uh, channel that you want to have like split views. The other one is uh, setting keywords alert. So usually and in LinkedIn, we uh, and what I like to do is I like to like name my project, right? Quickly, people can reference that. So let's say I'm working on a project Apple. I want to know like whenever someone mentions like Apple, I want to be like uh, reminded about it so it's good to just set up the keywords alert by just going into like preferences within slack um, i had no idea you could do most of this <laughs> yeah really yeah yeah i didn't well, know i'm glad to share this then i thought yeah, it might be useful. too basic tool but yeah i'm glad you find it uh new yeah definitely I, I literally just used to use i use slack for just messaging people i'm not very good with all the uh you know the the cool stuff oh, this is really helpful that's just me well, I'm sure people listening know know some of these, but maybe let's see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, please let us know if this is new. Yeah, or let not. us know. <laughs> yes, uh, and then uh, this is also what I do. Again, I have so many Slack messages. Hey, people asking, hey, can you do that? Right? Can you check on the stock? Can you check on this data? Sometimes I simply don't have enough time to do that. Uh, so what I also do is I want to remind myself about like a message that someone sent me. Right. If Richard sent me, hey, Susie, can you check on the stock and get back to me? And I don't have time. I just simply just uh, remind myself about a message like a few hours later when I can when I have time. And then Slackbot reminds me to do that. Uh, lastly, I think uh, this is very useful. Scheduling a messages to scheduling a message to send later. And yeah. I use this for my international uh, team and, and my cross-functional team. So as an example, literally, I think last night before I log off from my laptop, I literally sent an email to my coworker working in Germany because I wanted her quick input on a project that I'm working on. So literally I send her a message when she wakes up because I also don't want to bother her yeah. personal time as well. Does it allow you, does it tell you that is, does it allow you to send a message in the local time of the recipient? Can you say, well, this person is in Germany or whatever they might be and send it at 9 a.m. their time? Or does it is it all in? Don't worry if you don't know. I think about they that. do. I think yeah. they do. I think I when think I try do, to yeah. like send it, I think I but 
So you can see here, you can schedule a message for like a your time, right? But I think it also tells you like what time it is for the other recipient. Yeah, I think it does. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I Super think helpful right. for, for someone in your setup where you've got colleagues all over the world. I agree. I agree. Uh, the next tool is Figma. And I think also like a lot of folks know about it, but Figma is a web-based like design tool that I think has seen an explosion of growth over the last like few years. And with Figma, you can really access design files anywhere with internet access, which means you and your designer can share design files with just a link. So you don't need to worry about like PDF or exporting and sending an email, right? Or Slack messages. Uh, and because I'm a PM, I don't use Figma for creating designs mainly. I think that's what designers usually do. But I use Figma for three use cases. I will just quickly share those. So one use case is FigGem. So this is like a whiteboarding tool. So it's a yes. whiteboarding feature, right? With a Figma, yeah. I don't know. Have you have you used it? Richard, yes, well? I I love FigGem. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I go ahead. Yeah. It was one of the only kind of, I, I really wanted to, in, in a role I was doing a little while back, I really wanted to use Miro, but we weren't allowed, oh. but we were, but the designers were allowed to use Figma. So then when FigJam released this, that meant that this became, FigJam also became like a bolt-on that we were allowed to then use. So it, this oh, was my like okay. gateway. So it was like a bonus, bonus yes. tool for you. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. See. But it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, like, like you were saying at the start, you know, when the pandemic hit, you, you lost the ability to do those whiteboard sessions and, and tools like this just are a godsend. Yep, I agree. And I think maybe this is the closest we can get, right? In terms of like, unless you go into, right? Like a metaverse and really try to like interact yeah. with workers. Uh, it's, it's, it's different, but yeah, FigGem is a whiteboarding feature. I use it for brainstorming project ideas with cross-functional teams in real time. You can like add your ideas, also like both favorite ideas by using like STEM. So it's, it's just helpful tool. Uh, I also use it for collaboration. And usually the way it works is designer, let's say work on a design and then send me a file like URL, Figma file. And I just go in and I, I leave comment so designers can receive feedback directly on designs via comments, which is very helpful tool because it brings to, uh, everyone together, like different parts of the team, including designers, product managers, even engineers. Uh, lastly, I use it for creating wireframes. So even if you're not a designer, it's super easy for you to create wireframes and, and just interact with the tool. Uh, a lot of the project that I work on is very like a UI focused, meaning like it's, it's how the users actually interact with the product. So it's very visual. So sometimes when I want to convey like, hey, like here's what I'm thinking about it for this project, right? That, that piece, because we don't also have a whiteboard, just creating wireframes by using Figma is, is very helpful. Uh, yeah, it's a, the, it's a great tool. Yeah. Do you, just just the last question on on Figma slash FigJam. Mm -hmm. Do you tend to use it on a on a desktop or do you use things like tablets as well? So I remember when it when it first came out, I was really keen that I that I would use my iPad and start drawing with it. But actually, in in reality, I never really use my iPad for it. I always just revert back to using my laptop. I wonder if that's the same for you. I use laptop like hundred percent. Yeah. You yeah. know what? Actually, I haven't even thought about using it with the tablet until you mentioned it but that's a great point yeah they, yeah they, but they, wouldn't it be easier have you tried it i've tried it yeah and 
in in my head it would be easier and i thought that you know i would definitely prefer the tablet experience but i actually don't <laughs> for some reason i don't know why like i i really thought that i would because i quite like scribbling things on the ipad i really thought that i would quite enjoy it and it is satisfying but because i've got like a desktop with a with a monitor it's not it's not quite the same but it's worth giving it a, giving it a shot because i think they've now optimized the fig jam app for tablets as well so you can you can play around oh. with it on there so it's quite cool i didn't know that that's a good tip yeah that's a good tip i'll try that with my yeah. tablet yeah so the last tool is a uh, spark sheet and there's like a lot of different uh so smart sheet by the way it's a product management tool yeah uh, i've heard I, have you heard about it i've heard a lot about smart sheets but only through doing the podcast and before this, I'd never heard of it. And I just, maybe it's big in the US, but not in Europe yet. Ooh. But do, do you know last... which, which, which company used that out of the uh, folks that so, you talk to? Yeah, uh, Venmo uses it. Oh, okay. And PayPal. So huh. they were the two, yeah, they were the people I spoke to about this. And I hadn't, I had to go off and kind of Google it to figure, figure out a bit more about it because, so is it, is it, is it a relatively new tool or, yeah, maybe, maybe just tell us more about it. I don't think it's super new, but what I know is I think their headquarters is actually in Seattle. I, okay. That's what I remember. Yeah. I don't know like tons about the company itself, but uh, we use it like mainly we have, we also have a, 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 a like engineering team that uses it. Yeah. And it just, because it's a project management tool, it, it, like everyone can work and collaborate in a real time. Uh, and we do have like engineering, like standups, right? which I, I, I love to attend on a daily basis. Like we, we just get into a room and review the status of the project. It's so helpful for us to visualize where it is and where the blocker is. So we can identify those and also dependencies. Uh, so main use cases, like one engineering team, uh, just check, uh, checking and, and tracking the daily status. Right. And then two, as I mentioned, like I work very broadly with a lot of different uh, cross-functional teams. So we have like a weekly meeting that I meet with cross-functional teams. And then we also review um, the smart sheet where everyone has its own like a line item. And then we can review all of those to make sure like uh, we're on track for the project. So is it something similar to Jira or Trello or something like that? Or is it more like yeah. a table? Or... Yeah, we actually, so at LinkedIn, we have Jira. Uh, we yeah. actually use Jira and we just transitioned to Smartsheet like, I don't know, maybe like two months ago. It's like new right. thing that we are trying as a team because we thought it might be easier for us to collaborate. Okay. And uh, yeah, just like any other, like a new tool, it took us, everyone, some time to get used to a Smartsheet, but it's, it's just simple, very simple UI. You like it? Tool. I do, I do. Do you prefer yeah. it to, link, uh, to Jira? I, I think so. I think so. It's just more collaborative and easier tracking, more visual, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just I like to check it. it out. Awesome. Yeah. So I think that's about it. So here is like a quick summary of what we discussed by category. And there are a lot of tools that I didn't cover here as well. As I mentioned earlier, uh, at LinkedIn, we use a lot of internal tools for mm -hmm. A-B testing, data analytics, including SQL, creating dashboard. We have our own tool. I also know that our engineering team use something called Confluence. 
yeah. Uh, have you you heard about it too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a, a couple of people have uh, mentioned that as well, and I've used that yeah. as well. I don't use that often. I think I don't. I, I don't. Uh, and then other options are what else? Uh, when I was at Amazon uh, for doc collaborations, we use Quip. I think it's owned by Salesforce. It was actually okay. a very easy tool. Uh, it's like a Google Doc, but something very nimble. What's it called? And Quip. then Quip. Q Quip, sorry. Uh, Q-U-I-P, yeah. Okay, awesome. And are yeah. there, you know, we were saying at the start, oftentimes these tools are kind of imposed upon us by the companies that we work for. Are there any tools that you kind of really wish, or are there any tools that you use in your personal life that you think, oh, do you know what? I'd really like to be able to use that at work or, and you're not able to? Are there any other random tools that you use, products that you use day to day? Yeah, so I think I mentioned Quip because I really like that tool. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, you can think about it as like a Google Doc, but for tracking and for uh, just follow-ups, it's just so easier, I think, Quip. Uh, it also have got like a desktop app that you can download and like collaborate. Um, so I miss that tool, but doesn't mean that, that like I cannot use like Google Docs to get my work done. Something that I think it was, it was just nice. And, you know, you can create like easier like folders and you can uh, move, right? All docs about one project to that folder. It's just easier tracking. Of course, like Google Doc does it because it has like Google Drive like integration. Yeah. But maybe something that I was used to in a formal life and, and I, I, I just miss it a little bit. I also know Amazon use uh, Asana for project management. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you heard about it too. Yeah. But I think Smartsheet is more uh, like nimble. I prefer Smartsheet over, over Asana. I think Asana was more like, to me, just too many features sometimes. It's just hard for me to figure out what I really need to use. Yeah, I think over the last kind of maybe like three or four years, they've added a lot of features to it and it's become a bit more complicated to get things, simple things. Yeah, that's what um, I think. That's yeah, what I, think. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's a good balance. I'm, I'm pretty sure what they're figuring out, right? All these like third-party uh, PM tool companies, they're figuring out is it's balanced, right? Because when you have too much and too many functionality without like a clear and simple UI, it just confuses the user. But also users want more functionality, I so know. it's like a, in the in a, in a balance of their PM, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so perfect. Well, I, yeah, this has been really, really helpful and really useful, and I'm sure our listeners will, and our watchers, viewers will will find this really helpful as well. So thanks very much for taking the time to to, to chat through these and also give some really useful examples and some really helpful tips i think people are going to have learned a lot from what you what you've shared today so thanks very much and if people want to follow you online are there any spaces where people can do that oh yes i had one last slide i think here i'm on linkedin of course okay uh, and feel free to connect with me or follow me here's my linkedin uh, profile url uh, thank you richard and i i really enjoyed the conversation uh in the talk and hopefully this was useful yeah everyone. absolutely and i would also love to watch what other pms talk about yeah awesome so yeah thanks very much